Um, so if you haven't met me, my name is Kara. Uh, Mark and I have the pleasure of leading the team that leads this church um, in the mission that he's called us to Erie and the surrounding area. So we're uh, super honored and privileged. It's our privilege and honor to declare the goodness of God every single day, every single minute. We should all be doing that, but we, we know that it is a calling that is from him that we take very seriously. So it's an honor to be here. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Carter and Katie for coming and leading worship. So can we give them a hand clap? You guys are so awesome. They are one of the many anointed and talented and fun worship leaders from Redemption City, another NCMI church, just 20 minutes, 30 minutes south of Westminster. Um, and they have just been helping us out. And isn't it wonderful, you guys? Just a fresh breath. It's, it's just breathed a lot of life and hope and excitement. Um, so thank you for leading us as you follow Jesus and follow his heart. It was just wonderful this morning. All right, so today, well, let me back up Thursday. Uh, we do chapel once a month at preschool, and they all sit right here real cute. Mark delivers a little quick sermon, about five. It used to be ten, then it was like seven, now it's like five. A um, little, little message to the kids, and his message um, on Thursday was, that Jesus heals us on the inside, and Jesus heals us on the outside. And so he went through his message, and then he had these little green band-aids, like neon green band-aids, and he had written Jesus on it. And the kids got to pick where they put it, just as a reminder. So someone on the backpack, someone on their shoes, someone on their legs, um, as a reminder that Jesus heals us. And what does it look like when he heals us on the outside? And for a kid, that's pretty easy most of the time, right? We pray with them. They've got a boo-boo. It's evident. You can see it. There might be blood or a scraper. One of the little girls this week had a paper cut, and those hurt so bad. Um, but what does it look like when Jesus heals us on the inside? And he just kind of broke that down at their level, what that looks like. Um, so it's funny. The rest of the class that day, I would just reiterate it. We all learned by repetition, and especially when you're little. So I would say, Jesus heals us on the inside, and Jesus heals us on the outside. And by time three or four, they were joining in with me, and they were pointing to the inside and pointing to the outside. Jesus heals us on the inside, and Jesus heals us on the outside. And honestly, it began to stir something in me of, like, hope and, like, wow, there's power in those words. Jesus heals us on the inside, and Jesus heals us on the outside. And so it was super cool that God, God just began to kind of ruminate that in my spirit and started to challenge me. And if I truly believe that, I know that, but am I really allowing God to do that and to activate that in my life? Um, so at five o'clock yesterday, when Mark said he was down for the count, I was like, I got this because the Lord had already started speaking to me. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for being with us. Holy Spirit, for the way that you come and you breathe life and you comfort and you, you speak and like an ointment, you heal and you touch us and you you do things that we want and we need, but maybe we don't always know how to ask for. Holy Spirit, in this place this morning, I have no creative words to say. I have no amazing stories that will change lives, but God, your presence, the goodness of God, is your name and your life that brings true salvation and healing and wholeness. And so God, by your word, would you just change us, transform us from the inside out? Would you speak to places that need a green band-aid with the word Jesus on it, that you would heal us on the inside, and that you would heal us on the outside. By faith we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, did you know that God wants to heal you? 
seems pretty simple, right? So we're going to talk about four different ways that Jehovah Rapha, which means the God who heals, four ways that he wants to heal you. One, he wants to heal you because he loves you. God so loved, right? He wants to heal you because he loves you. He wants to heal you in response to his promises. God is true to his promises. So if he says he's going to do something, he is going to be faithful to that promise that he spoke. The third thing is in response to our faith. And we're going to look at a couple of scriptures, and there's a bazillion of them, um, of scriptures where God responds out of our faith to him. And the fourth one is he wants to heal us because he uses it as a way to encourage us to follow him and to know him. When he heals us, doesn't it draw you closer to him? It's like a kid who gets hurt when you put him on their lap and you snuggle him up. It draws their heart close to you because you're caring, you're tending to them, you're loving on them. And that's the way that God does that as well. So that first one, he loves you. So you are created for intimacy and relationship. And some of you are like, ew, yuck, don't like it. I have one little guy who's like, I'll high five you, but don't give me a hug. He does it because he knows I'm a hugger. I'm like, fair enough. A high five is still a form of intimacy, right? I don't know. Um, But you are created for intimacy, and so am I. And that is the way that God wants to commune with us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to engage with us is through that love relationship. So Jeremiah 31.3, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. So he draws us unto himself with his loving kindness because he loves us so much. The second one in response to his promises. He loves to fill his promises. That's what he does. He's true to his word. He can't do outside of that. He fulfills his promises because he is God. He is who he says he is. He is true to his word. Jeremiah 30 verse 17 says, For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. Sounds like a pretty good promise. And it sounds like a pretty good God who could actually fulfill that promise for you. Right? The third one, in response to your faith, God responds to our faith. There's a story in Matthew 9, 20, verse, uh, 20 through 22. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. So in this story, we see that the woman had faith, and she pressed through in God. Jesus acknowledged her faith, and because of that, it said she was made well from that hour. Twelve years is a long time. When I don't feel good for a day, I whine. I have a headache, I whine, right? Twelve years, but she still had faith if I could just reach the hem of his garment, and she was healed. There's another story in Matthew 17, verses 14 through 21. We're not going to read them all, but a man came to Jesus with his son, saying, my son is an epileptic, and he is suffering severely. He often falls into the fire. He often falls into the water. He told Jesus that he brought his son to the disciples, but they couldn't cure him. So Jesus said, okay, bring me the boy. So verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. In verse 20, it says, so Jesus said to them, 
because of your unbelief, he's talking to the disciples, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing is impossible for you. So these two stories, there's two stories in the Bible about the analogy of the mustard seed. It's a great lesson, right? For all of us, I still think about that. Like, they're, they're so tiny. So we just read one in Luke 17, but in both of those references, he's addressing the lack of faith in the disciples. They, they walked with Jesus, and they still, like us, don't always get it, right? I think they had misplaced faith. Maybe they thought, since they knew Jesus and walked with them, that, that they could do the healing or who knows? But when we connect to the power of God, our little mustard seed is quite enough because it's not about our faith. It's not about this teeny amount of faith. It's the fact that we have faith and we apply that with the awesome, mighty, sovereign, powerful, amazing God. It multiplies it and the glory comes from him. The power comes from him. So I often wonder that little story like, if Jesus would have said, you need bigger faith, you know, you had little faith, but you need bigger faith, faith, like the size of a pomegranate. I think back in those times, they ate pomegranates. That's like this size, right? If you had more faith, so people would be like, okay, I ought to have faith the size of a pomegranate or maybe a loaf of bread. Or you, Jesus would say, you have to have faith the size of a house. Then we'd be striving, right? We'd be striving, striving, striving. And that's the opposite of what God wants. He doesn't want us to strive. We do that. If I could just have all these things, if I could just, and the Lord's like, teeny tiny faith, it's actually me that does all the work. It's actually me in where the power is found. Just one little seed of faith. There's a huge contrast if you think about that tiny little mustard seed and a big old mountain that's in the earth can move the mountain. That's, that's quite the contrast, right? Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, can you help me with this? It is impossible to please him, right? For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do we believe that he is who he says he is, that he can move that mountain? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. The Greek word for that word substance literally means standing under. So now faith is the standing under of things hoped for. It's like a title and a deed, like a title to the deed. Like you're saying, I have the title deed. I'm literally holding and standing under the hope because it's not seen. But I have the title. I have the deed right here. That's powerful. So the last one, to encourage you to come to him. He uses, he uses healing to encourage us to come to him. So Psalm 103, verse 1 through 6. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all 
who are oppressed. Did you fall in any of those categories? <laughs> I love that. I mean, right, right when you start saying it, bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It's an invitation to come to the healer, and that is how he loves us. That's how he draws us close. He uses those opportunities to heal us. And it might be as simple as a boo-boo on your leg, or it might be a really hard wound that's deep inside your heart that is oozing and pussy and infected and hurtful and yucky, right? Those gaping wounds, we often cover them up. We, we tuck them away because they're difficult. But he heals those just as he heals the little things. I, I was singing a song, and it reminds me, it's Run to the Father, Run to the Father, fall into grace, done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart found a surgeon, my soul found a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. That's what we do again and again and again. We run to him. So I'm going to talk about a word, S-O-Z-O. Mark says, if he ever got a tattoo, it would be this word. He's a graphic designer, so he couldn't think of anything cool enough that he would be proud enough of well to tattoo on his body. But if he did, he says, it would have to do with this word, sozo. When you, live to, when you give your life to Christ, you are saved. You are sozo. Romans 10.13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word means to save keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to save one from suffering and perishing, to save them from suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore to health. It means to preserve one who is in danger or destruction, to save and rescue. The summarized version is to rescue, liberate, and heal. Save, healed, and delivered. Right? Sozo, save, saved, healed, and delivered. All who call on the name of Jesus shall be saved, healed, and delivered. Saved, healed, and delivered. The good news is, it doesn't just happen once when you get saved. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I feel like there's days where I need it all day, every minute of every day, right? We do. Saved, healed, and delivered. So when you're sick, when you're tired, when you're discouraged, when you're hopeless, when you're hurting, saved, healed, and delivered. Run to the Father. Fall into grace again and again and again. Saved, healed, and delivered. So when you were overcome with depression and in need of counsel, sozo, Isaiah 9, 6. And to us, a son is given. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Jesus heals you on the inside. Jesus heals you on the outside. When you are oppressed, beaten down, and hopeless, Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Sozo, saved, healed, and delivered. When you are buried under the, the regret of shame, guilt, Zephaniah 3.19, I will turn their shame into praise. Sozo, saved, healed, 
and delivered. He heals us on the inside. Shame is on the inside. You can't put a band-aid on shame. It lingers. If you walk in shame, it's, it does not leave you alone. It's heavy. When you are filled with sorrow and grief, Isaiah 53, 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Saved, healed, and delivered. When you are trapped in addiction, Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Saved, healed, and delivered. When you have sickness or disease, 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you are healed. By his stripes you are healed. Saved, healed, and delivered. When you feel inadequate, insecure, or have intense difficulty or affliction. Sound familiar? (laughs) 2 Corinthians 12.9, and Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When you are inwardly pained, broken in heart, and troubled, Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Saved, healed, and delivered. You guys, it's all through the scripture. That's who he is. He saves, he heals, and delivers. Jesus heals us on the inside, and Jesus heals us on the outside. I'd like to talk about cause and effect for a moment. Seems like a pretty easy concept, right? So cause and effect, right? Something happens, one event happens, that's the cause, and another event happens because of it, and that is the effect, cause and effect. These two things are connected. The effect cannot happen without the cause. They're connected. So examples. I never brush my teeth. I have five cavities. The baby was crying. Dad picked him up. There's a cause and effect. I showed up for work every day. I got a paycheck. Woohoo! It's a good thing. I stay hydrated and drink water. My systems are working properly. The sun came out after the rain. There's a rainbow in the sky. Right? Simple concept. Here's the one we get hung up on. When we spend time with God... Saved, healed, delivered. Why is that one so hard? We know it. When we spend time with him, we love him, we engage with him, we trust him, we pray to him, we seek him, we believe him. Saved, healed, delivered. Cause and effect. Psalm 1611. Here's some cause and effects in the Bible. Psalm 1611. In his presence is fullness of joy. We get in his presence, we have fullness of joy. Psalm 22.3, God inhabits the praises of his people. We praise God. What's the effect? He dwells and he remains with us. John 3.16, we all know this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So God loved the world so much Effect, he gave his son. We believe in him. Effect, we have eternal life. Simple stuff, right? Acts 1.8, 
you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit comes. What happens? We receive power. I like that one. That seems pretty easy. Holy Spirit comes. We receive power. John 8.32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So when we know the truth, we are sozo, saved, healed, and delivered. We are set free. Last one, 10.13, for whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We call upon the name of the Lord, sozo, saved, healed, and delivered. So would you mind closing your eyes with me for a minute? Call upon the name of the Lord. There is something in your life that you need him for. Healing on the inside, healing on the outside. Can you call upon the name of the Lord, the cause? The effect is he will save, he will heal, he will deliver. He is faithful to his promises. Jesus, we call upon you right now. We have needs, we have wounds, we have hurts. Your word says that we can call upon you and you will restore to us our health. He will heal us from the inside out. You will minister and touch those broken places, both on the inside and on the outside. Thank you, Jesus. So there is this college in Kentucky. Anybody heard about what's going on? It's very exciting. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to fill you in. So Asbury University is a small Christian college in Kentucky. And every week they have chapel, three times a week. Just chapel. And the students come and they have chapel. That's what they do. As most Cadence goes to a little Christian college. Same thing. They have chapel. I don't even know if they take attendance. I don't know how many students go, but it's, it's there. It's routine. That's what they do. So, on the 8th, kids go to chapel, chapel's over, some of the kids don't leave. They didn't want to leave, the presence of God was there. They were feeling, feeling him move, and so some of them didn't leave, they wanted to stay, so they began to pray. One report says this kid just started repenting of a sin and just coming to the altar and didn't want to leave. They began worshiping God. They began believing all the things that they were hearing in their classes. <laughs> They didn't muster it up. They didn't stir it up. They didn't cause it. The cause was the Holy Spirit descended upon them. The effect is saved, healed, and delivered. Why Asbury University? I don't know. Why anywhere, anytime? Because he's God. And that's what he's doing. So since then, it hasn't stopped 24 hours a day. And God is breathing new life. You can see little clips of it anywhere. TikTok, YouTube, social media, online. Even places like CNN are covering it. Fox News is covering it. Because they just want to know what, like, what's going on. So people are coming from near and far. Why? Because they're hungry. But you guys, it's because of what we've been talking about. It's the cause and effect. People are like, I need God. I need to repent. I'm full of sin. I'm full of hurt. And they begin to think, what if he is who he says he is? What if he can do what he says he can do? And they take their little mustard seed out and they say, God, can I connect this with you? Can I bring the little faith that I have 
so that your awesomeness might be projected so that you will be glorified. So they don't know how long it's going to go, of course. They can't even really tell you why other than we just started worshiping and we didn't want to leave and the presence of God was so thick. One of the girls was like, at some point I think our teachers are going to make us go back to class. But none of them want to leave and there's people pouring in from other countries, you guys. It's not just there. And it's breaking out. There's two other campuses that it's breaking out. But it's inspiring and it's stirring and it's causing people like me clear across the country who've seen little clips to go, God, am I hungry enough? Do I want you enough? Do I have faith even as a mustard seed? I know who he is. He's worked miracles in my life since I was a little girl. I know him, but do I limit him? Do I allow him to be who he is in my life? They interviewed Allison. She's the student body president. And she said, all of a a sudden, I think God is really big. She loves Jesus. She loves his presence. It's not like she was unaware. But all of a sudden, she's like, all of a sudden, I think God is really big. It's beyond anything that they could do. She said, we are just receiving him. Isn't that awesome, you guys, that when we just receive him for who he is, that he rocks our world, that he saves and heals and delivers. A simple cause and effect of surrendering our heart and just saying yes, even when we don't want to. Getting rid of our pride when we like it. Exposing our vulnerabilities when we want to hide them. And from those simple things, God comes in, you guys. And his spirit begins to move and he begins to heal us on the inside. And he heals us on the outside. Again and again and again. Allison said, it's interesting. She said, you can just sit with him and receive his deep love. She did this little video because the news reporters were asking like, so what happened? You know, they want the facts. Well, when did it start? And how many people? And where are the people coming from? And, and she just started ministering. And she just started talking about the Holy Spirit. And that's what she said. She said, you can just come sit with him. If you don't believe in him, just ask him. She said, you don't even have to come here. Just ask him. And she starts just declaring the goodness of God to the reporters. Like, who cares when and why and what time and how many people and So she starts just pouring out the love of God. There was another guy of a testimony, this young kid, college kid, and he said, these people have a deep, deep hunger for God. Do we? Do we have a deep hunger for God? And that's not a pointed question. That's not to point our fingers or it's just to cause us to ask, are we hungering for the living God, for his goodness and his mercy? You guys, we're struggling. We're human. We need healing on the inside, and we need healing on the outside. And we know who has the answer, who is the answer. So God's desire is to heal us. I picked, that was a lot of scriptures. Thank you, Tommy or Debbie, whoever's back there. There are so many. I think that's the challenge of speaking about Jesus is like, how many scriptures is too many? There's so many. 
Just open it. Front to back, back to front, anywhere in the middle. And you're going to see Sozo. You're going to see that he heals, that he saves, and that he delivers. So bring your mustard seed of faith. I would like us to stand. Can we say this? Jesus heals us on the inside. And he heals us on the outside. We say it again. Jesus heals us on the inside. And he heals us on the outside. Can you make it personal? Jesus heals me on the inside. And he heals me on the outside. Friends, this is information. He is the Spirit of God and he is moving and he is drawing. And I don't know where you're at today, but he wants to heal. He wants to save and he wants to deliver. So we're just going to worship for a few minutes. If you need prayer, you can come up front. You can go to the side. You can go to the back. You can go to that side. We have people who are ready to pray. Guys, we need a move of God. I'm not asking for what's happened at Asbury, but if it happens, I will be so happy. But I want what God's doing here right now, and that is seeking his face, asking him to come, asking him to heal us, because he is faithful and he loves us. So if you're ready to pray, you can just go pray for someone. If you need prayer, raise a hand. We're just going to worship. And we're just going to give God a few minutes and give him some room to do what he does. And then we'll close out the service. What would happen if we allowed him to heal us on the inside? our mind, our thoughts, the ways we allow the enemy to torment us and trick us and lie to us, our emotions, our anxiety, depression, oppression, all the nasty things. God, would you heal us on the inside? We are asking you, we are crying out, heal us on the inside. Depression, be gone in the name of Jesus. Anxiety, be gone in the name of Jesus. You are under the feet of the Most High King. And you are under our feet with all authority given to us in Jesus' name. God, we ask you to heal us on the outside from sickness and disease, from infirmity. Any attack of the enemy that would attack our physical bodies, we bind you in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you that you are the healer. You are the one that heals, restores, and delivers. And we call out to you, God. We hold tight to your promises. I want to close this in Psalm 107. It's a little bit lengthy. It's in the Passion Translation, but I just think it's so powerful. If you want to close your eyes and just listen. It says, let everyone give all their praise and thanks to the Lord. Here's why. He's better than anyone could ever imagine. Yes, he's always loving and kind. And his faithful love never ends. So go ahead. Let everyone know it. Tell the world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness and has gathered us together from all around the world. He has set us free to be his very own. Some of us once wandered in the wilderness like desert nomads with no true direction or dwelling place. Starving, thirsting, staggering, we became desperate and filled with despair. Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. 
He led us out by the right way until we reached a suitable city to dwell in. So lift your hands and thank God for his marvelous kindness and for his miracles of mercy for those he loves. How he satisfies the souls of thirsty ones and fills the hungry with goodness. Some of us once sat in darkness, living in the dark shadows of death. We were prisoners to our own pain, chained to our regrets. For we rebelled against God's word and we rejected the wise counsel of God, the Most High. So he humbled us through our circumstances, watching us as we stumbled with no one there to pick us back up. Our own pain became our punishment. Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. His light broke through the darkness and he led us out in freedom from death's dark shadow and snapped every one of our chains. So lift your hands and lift thanks to God for his marvelous kindness and for his miracles of mercy for those he loves. For he smashed through heavy prison doors and shattered the steel bars that held us back just to set us free. Some of us were such fools, bringing on ourselves sorrow and suffering because of our sin. Sick and feeble, unable to stand in the sight of food we drew near to the gates of death. Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. God spoke the words, be healed. And we were healed and delivered from death's door. God, we thank you. We say it again, help us, rescue us. And you do, and you will. God, would you just show us who you are? Tell us once again, reveal it to us once again, that we would know that you are the one who saves who heals and delivers that Jesus you heal us on the inside and you heal us on the outside and then we can go forth we can share the good news we can proclaim the good news of God to everyone we meet that your glory your glory would be displayed for all to see in Jesus name the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So blessings in numbers. We're going to have people around who can still pray. It's what we do, you guys. It's like food and water to our physical body. We pray. We seek God. We believe for each other. We stand in the gap. You guys, life is hard. But there is a place where we can come to where we trust God in all things. Amen? Amen. Have a blessed week, y'all.